Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's my pleasure to bring to you today Ido Ramati, who is the founder, COO, and president of Reviews. Welcome, Ido. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure to have you here. I'm super excited about this. It was an interesting way that we met. I actually met through your business partner of Reviews. He connected with me on LinkedIn, and we had a quick demo of your platform last week. And then what I said was, look, this is such an interesting platform, and it's such interesting technology, and what you're doing is so outside the box that I said, hey, I got to get one of you guys on the podcast. And he said, you're the most technical of the two of you. And so he <laughs> said, I'm going to hook you guys up and you guys can have a great chat. Perfect. Sounds sounds great. Thanks. No worries. Now, reviews, if we dig into reviews, is such a unique platform. I've literally never seen a platform like yours before. And I get, I'm guessing that was the idea. It was to create something new. Now, you guys have had a pretty big investment by SAP. So obviously... SAP has something, they see something in you that they see value in both, I'm guessing, for their business as well as for the merchants that they work with. But really, if we pick apart your platform from a more technical perspective, you're almost like a sentiment aggregator across the internet. You have multiple data sources all across the internet, and you aggregate sentiment of both brands and specific products from across the web, you aggregate, you organize, you cleanse, and then you categorize that type of feedback so that the likes of FMCG brands, large global manufacturing brands can keep tabs on the sentiment of both their brand and their products all in one place with one clean, organized, segmented interface. Is that reasonably accurate? It is reasonably accurate, uh, accurate uh, but I would like to emphasize one thing. Uh, the way you describe it, it might sound like that it also has to do with social media monitoring. Sometimes yep. there's a mistake between what we do and what social media is all about, like Sprinkler or Brandwatch, uh, which have their own use cases and value proposition. And we are a little uh, aside from this uh, market. They're more about measuring, again, sentiment around the brand in a way that uh, I just bought my iPhone and it's great, or my uh, new Samsung sucks, and so on, and vice versa, of course. I'm just making that up, of course. It's about how many times your brand was mentioned, whether it mentioned in positive or negative. What we do is a little bit different than that. Uh, We're all about the SKU level, the product level. So you are correct by saying that we've... Uh, gathered all of the products that are sold online on the major websites. We have more than 200 websites around the globe uh, because our technology is language agnostic, which means it can work in any given language. We've indexed all of the products that are out there in one unified taxonomy, which is very important, uh, meaning which uh, which product sits, sits in which brand of the overall taxonomy. And we've collected all of the data that is written, the public available information, all of the online reviews that are out there and and classified each review for each SKU. And by this, we created the world's first data warehouse of consumer opinions on products, services, and brands. 
Uh, we have more than 1 billion of them, 1 billion opinions already, and we are counting. The data goes on a daily basis and brings more and more information. And uh, that's, again, very unique than social media monitoring, but we, are, have the, we have the ability today to understand everything that consumers are saying on brands, on products, family of products, uh, in more than 400 different product categories today. And we are adding more and more as you amazing technology and you're almost like a social graph for fmcg primarily fmcg products and so when we talk about the sources of your data it's not only the websites that you're scraping to gather this data from but it's also what types of data that you're gathering so i'm guessing that you're gathering if the site has it available you're not only collecting information from the reviews, i.e. scraping the text of the reviews, the title of the reviews, the average star rating of the reviews, the sentiment of the reviews, any specific product quotes or references in the reviews, but also, as you say, because you're trying to track the sentiment of a brand, if a website has testimonials that are independent of product-specific reviews, I'm guessing you can scrape those as well. Yeah, we scrape every piece of text that is out there. And we are also planning to get into audio using technologies of uh, uh, speech to text. Everything that is textual is getting analyzed, but it also uh, surveys results that we get from our brands that we're working with. We're working today with more than 100 of the biggest brands of the world, around the world. Uh, and we have a lot of information that we're gathering from there. And that's also being indexed into our uh, cloud uh, warehouse. Uh, so yeah, everything that is written online, but also data from other sources, uh, like service, as I said, and uh, others, uh, uh, textual. Uh, so Fantastic. And I'm guessing that this data, first of all, we'll talk about your model a little bit later, because you have an amazing freemium model that I'd love to talk about. Yes. Because when I first saw what you guys did, I thought this is going to cost a fortune. This is, <laughs> this is going to be a fairly and squarely high-end enterprise platform that only the the largest companies in the world can afford to access, but I couldn't have actually been more wrong in your model. And you definitely have democratized access to this data. But I'm guessing that when you say you already work with a hundred of the largest brands in the world and you have access to their data, I'm guessing that includes things like their sell-through data. I'm guessing it includes information from, say, for example, their own DTC, their direct-to-consumer channels that you might not otherwise have access to unless you had a working relationship with them. It's actually all of the above. <laughs> so we, are get, we are scraping the data and we are getting some of the data through our partnerships with them. Uh, and, and yes, it's all been thrown into one huge data warehouse that is, as you said before, which is very important to understand because a lot of uh, uh, people might think that technology for understanding consumers is all about text analytics, uh, which NLP and all that kind of technology today is with machine learning. Well, that's only half of the problem. That's only half of it. The other half would be how to cleanse the data to clean it. Because even if you're going to have the best text analytics capabilities in the world, if you're analyzing data about smartphones and some of the products inside are actually cases for smartphones, then you have wrong results. So uh, big investments uh, over there. We are doing also D2C brands, everything that is there we can get our hands on. And I must say that I was maybe even surprised that uh, our brands really love to share some of the internal data, not everything, of course. Uh, and upload it to our cloud and it's being analyzed and processed and cleansed and, and then and then it's being reverted back in a very cost-effective model as you said i guess they realize like many brands are starting to realize you have to give to get right and so if you want to be able to benefit from 
your peer data, potentially even competitor data, et cetera, then you have to be willing to put something into the pot to take something out of the pot. And so it, it makes sense, right? And brands are starting to realize that they will actually do better by collaborating than they will by competing. And I'm guessing that your technology, at least based on what I've seen so far, is targeted fairly and squarely at the likes of brand managers, new product development managers, possibly at marketers too, but not necessarily so pointedly at marketers, more along the lines of the product development managers, because if I look at the way that your data is surfaced in near real time, I'm seeing a scenario where feedback is coming back on your products faster than you can even get it back from your reseller. So let's say you're a manufacturing brand and you're an FMCG brand and maybe you're selling it through, I don't know, you're selling it through supermarkets, warehouses, and, and a range of retailers. If you're trying to plan new season stuff or new products or whatever the case may be, oftentimes you have to wait until the sell-through happens in those channels before what's hot, what's not, before you start getting feedback on returns, before you start getting feedback on the good, the bad, and the ugly around your catalog and what you're offering. That can take up to, at the very least, a season and sometimes it might be a half a year or a year and therefore you perhaps have missed opportunities to fix a product improve a product come out with a new product there's a window of opportunity that sometimes is very time sensitive around product development and product recalls etc cetera, etc cetera. and i'm guessing that because of your sentiment engine around this brands are able to get feedback across the whole, well, across a major cross section of the internet in one hit very quickly in near real time which allows that feedback loop that customer feedback loop to be much much tighter than it would be otherwise first of all yes and that's the whole idea of reviews is bringing the data doing this market research of how to sell what to sell when to sell how to position it even what to write on your website uh, which types of information is more important which information maybe you want to hide in order not to hurt the conversion rate we need all of this data to be available data uh, and it's not something that you can do as a research uh, project or uh, hire some uh, market research companies to to do some uh, you know market research for you uh, it's all it's again once again it's everything that that you've just mentioned and but there's also one step ahead of that is before you go live before you go with your next collection before you go uh, live with your uh, next catalog is how to position it what my competitors are doing which products they they are selling successfully which ones they are not which ones uh, uh, you have a lot of data about what consumers are saying about item availability uh, uh, shipping issues during a uh, specific seasons so the whole planning before you go live that's i think and we are learning more and more from our brands that are doing this is how to launch not only your product but also launch your next campaign uh, how to again choose the relevant products how to position them which even products which pictures to put on the products i can tell you that some of the data that our system is uh, surfacing uh, is around whether the product was faithfully represented on the website and if not they will return it so if you want to fight returns you need to understand which product are being a, a falsely advertised or not represented well with the wrong data and then people get it back and the red is not so red as the picture shows them and they send it back uh, so you have a lot of pre-planning to do and that's what our system is also being used for and then once you go live usually our feedbacks uh, are between two to three months ahead of every traditional way that is out there of doing a, a, of any technology that is there to understand consumers because everything was pre-analyzed 
It's not that we have integrated uh, some AI technology to the company and now we need to customize it to understand what we are selling, what are the topics and to train it. Maybe we'll talk about later what does it mean to use AI today. It's also some sort of a bluff. Uh, everything is there, everything is ready and the feedbacks are immediate. It's within days. People start to talk about it. Our system picks it up and since it's hands-free, uh, it's very fast to get to those instances. And from the sounds of it, it also works across category level information. So let's say hypothetically, I don't know, let's say I'm Beats by Dre, right? And I want to better understand the over-ear earphone market and the sentiment of, say, the equivalent Sony over-ear earphones, the Bose over-ear earphones. And so I can start looking at the sentiment of over-ear earphones versus in-ear earphones, maybe wired versus wireless, et cetera, et cetera. There's certain vertical specific information and category specific information that it sounds like you are able to parse and categorize in ways that would be virtually impossible to do manually and even with traditional website info scraping methods for indexing web pages like google does for example you are scraping for specifically for sentiment for verbiage that leads you clearly to a position of sentiment and it provides a range of information not just around the brand what the sentiment is around the, the brand themselves but around the category around the products around the competitors products etc so you get this almost 360 degree view of the data around your industry through review yes definitely as i said before uh, analyzing the data in order to understand what is positive and negative is half of the challenge the other half would be exactly what you just said now in order for us to provide the, the most accurate view of the over-the-ear headphones category in, in a certain geography, by the way, we go by geographies, you can see it globally, but let's take a, a, an example of one geography. Let's take a, you must be able to put inside this analysis only overhead uh, headphones in from the U.S., Okay, I do not want some uh, some products that are sold in India in the Flipkart, for uh, example. I'm only looking at the US uh, right now. And yes, the analysis is can be broken down into wireless, non-wireless, uh, even color differentiation. We put a lot of technology around how to customize the data to meet the specific research that you want to do. So you can do it from the over on-ear uh, category to understand which products are being sold which ones are gaining momentum, trending up or trending down on sentiment. We have a whole ranking mechanism, which is very similar to IMDb score for movies. We are doing the same for products. So it's the, you can call it the IMDb score for products that are sold online. It's a very unique and sophisticated ranking mechanism we've invented, in, uh, we've created internally. In order to take all the over the ear headphones and being able to rank them one after the other on performance. Now, it's very, again, difficult things to do because I don't want to put like a very old version uh, at the top because they're hardly sold, even if they're very, they still cannot be number one, as opposed to movies, by the way. If the movie was good, it will always be good. Uh, but we don't want iPhone 7 to be at the top of the ranking list, although it was very good, let's say. So we have a ranking mechanism that puts, uh, that takes into account also a recency of reviews, a volume of reviews, frequency that has been written. Uh, of course, sentiment and other parameters that we have uh, internally. So you get the whole category, you get a whole rank. Each product, by the way, in its ranking, you can see its advantages and disadvantages. 
over the competitors, and that's another challenge to do, how to take one SKU and understand who competes with it. Not all SKUs compete with each other because you have the high-end products, you have the lower-end products, so you can't you can't uh, compare a, a Mazda to a Ferrari, of course. You need to know which one competes with the, which one. So uh, a lot of the technology is designed to build this clean uh, taxonomy, understand that this is really over-the-ear headphone and not in-ear headphone, and you must do it automatically. Otherwise, if you need humans to do that, then you are not scalable enough and you will not be able to do it on 400 different product lines. So arranging the data in the way that can drill down to a specific feature and grab all of these features, all of these products together, that's what starts the accuracy to be relevant. Otherwise, if you're mixing, again, irrelevant products together in your analysis, you're going to skew the results. So this is something we invest a lot of uh, uh, technology in. Again, it's much beyond uh, how to analyze text. Wow. And that that almost leads me to believe that there's elements of how we do RFM scoring in a CDP or maybe a marketing automation platform for customers. It almost sounds like you've built uh, a quasi RFM model for products and product data and product UGC data. Yes, exactly. And the product for us is being broken down into between 50 to 70 different topics around it that the system creates. It's not something that human defines. We do not believe in humans doing the market research because then it's very bad and it's very limited because there is COVID and Christmas and uh, and there's not and a, a human cannot work 24 seven. Uh, mm -hmm. So we have a whole technology around taking one product, breaking it down to 50 to 70 different attributes of the product. It can be feature-related topics, it can be service-related topics, it can be brand-related topics, like loyalty to the brand and stuff like that. And then we go all the way up. So when we say we're doing a brand analysis level, and let's say that um, we are claiming that a, a Beats headphones, in your example, has an overall satisfaction of 85%. Okay, so what does it mean? It doesn't mean that we found uh, sentences that people say, I really love uh, uh, Beats headphones or Beats headphones are great and someone will say, I'm disappointed from Beats headphones. That's what social media will do. The way that we measure the satisfaction around Beats headphones, over-the-ear Beats headphones, which is different than in-ear Beats headphones, uh, is that we take all of the SKUs under the over-the-ear headphones. Every SKU has been broken down to 50 to 70 attributes which will be a, like a weight, color, sound, the treble, the bass, audio quality, noise cancellation, again, 50 to 70 of them. It's a machine-made list. We do not predefine any of these topics. Mm -hmm. And then we measure the satisfaction around each topic. So you get like 50 to 70 sentiment values on a specific SKU. So you get a whole average of all of those. And then you aggregate it together with all the SKUs under this category for beats, all the different types of over-the-ear headphones different colors and the different uh, uh, versions. And then when you combine all of that, so let's say you have 50 of those. So it's 50 products times 70 attributes per product. And then you aggregate all of that and you get a brand understanding of what people say about the brand, what they like about the brand, which is very sophisticated and uh, unique, the way that we measure brand. It's not about, I love Beats headphones or not. It's about how many love the color and the weight of each SKU and aggregating everything together to get a brand 
sentiment uh, level or satisfaction level. Yeah, and even down to the product level. So when you say that the machine learning has created all of the attributes, the attribute groups, the sentiment analysis within each of those attributes, as well as the brand overall or the SKU overall, along with the competitive analysis, I'm guessing that you had to train the algorithm at least on some fundamental constructs of things like what is a color. And so you might you might have had to train it, okay, red, blue, green, black, these are colors, or plastic, metal, titanium, aluminium, these are all materials. You know, what I'm guessing that there had to be some kind of structure given to the algorithm to begin with so that it knew what each of these attributes that it did actually find when it scraped, it knew how to even classify those to begin with. Or did it, or was it a hundred percent self it's a hundred percent self-taught. And the reason is that if we had to predefine what is color, what is weight, what is design, what is a stain for detergent what is a noise cancellation for headphones, we wouldn't be able to get into 400 different product categories it, because it takes time. And that's one of the weaknesses, the big weaknesses of machine learning and what, whatever technology neural networks that is there, it's someone needs to predefine and teach exactly what you mean. And by this, you are unscalable and you are very limited to what humans can do. We have the capabilities today for the system to understand what are the colors of a product without us predefining a dictionaries of that or what are the type of stains of detergent let's give example which is not a uh, headphones let's say detergents that we do as well what mm -hmm. type of stains the system the, the product can handle it can be grass clay blood ink sweat we do not need to predefine all of this all of these types of stains uh, so one of the strength of our technology is exactly this one there are many more that we'll discuss but one of them is being able to have a technology that understands what consumers are saying about a product without predefining anything. We're not building any dictionary, no training sets, stuff like that. It's a self-learning machine that we are doing QA with humans on top of that to make sure that the accuracy is 90%. This is our uh, accuracy level, 90, 90%, measuring both precision and recall. Uh, and But... Under no means someone is predefining anything because then it's not scalable and it's biased. Wow. Very impressive. And let's take color as an example again, if we just deconstruct that one a little bit. So I'm guessing that the way that it knows, for example, that black is a color, then it might have seen, it might have recognized when it was scraping the text of a thousand reviews, it might have seen black and the word black and the word color next to each other or the word color and then black next to each other or within very close proximity to each other on more on so many occasions that it now associates black as a color and color as an attribute in its own and then it starts to aggregate those together and group those together in a meaningful way that even when a human looks at it it makes sense so is that the kind of thing that the algorithm does to allow you to take that hands-off approach to the no <laughs> sorry for being for saying it no that's again. great I'm, I'm glad when i'm wrong because yeah. it means i can and, learn something new and, yeah and, and and i'll tell you why it's not because why does the system needs to understand that black is a color why in order to do what in order to understand that blue is a color as well but what if blue and black are being used in the same way in the same structure in a sentence so it doesn't need to understand that this is a color and the blue is color. For a computer at the end, it's all zeros and one. It doesn't understand anything. It's about zeros and one and how to interpret that. But we do not believe in predefining anything, not even a, a, a color dictionary. But we know that if the system has the ability to group all of the colors together, 
doesn't matter if I understand that it's color or not. It can think that it's battery if, if uh, I don't care. But as long as it knows how to group together all of the sentences that talks about color, regardless of the color itself, then in this case, I have a topic which is called color. Can, do you agree with that? Oh, and that's another really? context of the sentence. We have what we've built, and that's very different than how AI works, and uh, again, and, uh, and NLP, and, which is the very base, is that we've created a very unique contextual analysis engine, multi-layer engine of a sentence. And we know how to take all sentences that are out there, not reviews. A review doesn't have a sentiment value. Review can talk about both positive and negative things, of course. We take every review, we break it down into sentences, and each sentence, we are the system digs the topics that is being discussed in it. And then it groups together with a very unique contextual understanding engine, which sentences are actually talking about the same thing. The system doesn't know what is the thing about. It can be topic A. So all of these sentences talks about, let's say, topic A, and all of these sentences talks about topic B, C, and D, and we have, again, 50 to 70 on each product category. And then that's how it works. It doesn't understand that A is color and B is battery. We don't need that, okay? Because the way that we label the topics on top of that to say, hey, this is talks about color, this talks about a, a weight, for example, is that the system has already seven, eight years of experience of analyzing product-related data. So it already knows that. And in a very rare and extreme cases of a topic that it hasn't seen before, then you put human on top of that to say, oh, these five sentences talks about battery. Let's These topics will be battery. And from that point on, we are done with uh, understanding what battery is all about. So we don't really need the system to understand that black is black. We need the system to understand that this word is being used in a certain way in a sentence, which is very similar to other words. And with the contextual way that we do things, it comes to that, to all of these words are actually from the same family, in this case, color. And that's why you don't need humans in that, in that. Wow, very impressive. So all these algorithms are homegrown algorithms. You've designed yeah. them in-house. You've tested them in-house. You've deployed them in-house. You've, you've enhanced them in-house. So you're not using any NLP, like off-the-shelf NLP engine or anything like that. You are... Uh, you, uh, this is a hundred percent in-house developed algorithm to even be able to. No, the basic is off-the-shelf algorithms that will only take you to a certain level of accuracy, around 60, 62 percent, which obviously is not enough, especially when you go to market research side of things and you want to really understand. Uh, uh, again, you want to sell brands, which are very critical for them, the accuracy. Uh, then 62 percent obviously is not enough. According well, to a McKinsey study, you need to have at least 80% accuracy. We have 90% accuracy for that. Uh, and so we took off-the-shelf technologies. Some of them are, are well-known, like BERT. For a, it's only for sentiment, by the way. Uh, but it's still not enough because if, if there is a sentence like, uh, let's say, uh, battery lasts five hours, how will BERT classify it, positive or negative? It doesn't know doesn't know what the product is. For drones, it's amazing. For smartphones, it's not, right? So it has no way to understand what is the context in which world we're actually living in to determine whether a sentence is positive or negative, but it's very powerful to understand what is a, a I, go, a, I love it, I hate it, it's great, I'm disappointed, I'm excited. All of these kind of sentiment words classifies it very well, but what we found is that this is not enough. Generic analysis engine 
for sentiment and topic classifications are only good for a certain degree. And that's exactly the pain in the industry. Everyone is taking these algorithms and put humans on top of that to do the fine tuning. Okay, to do the fine tuning or gross tuning, actually, to understand your specific product, your specific domain, to refine the topics, to fix it, to do that. And then you need the teams of experts to handle AI, although it's been considered a machine learning surf like artificial intelligence, but it's in the hands of humans, so it's very limited as well. And this is where reviews put the emphasis on. And if you need to take technology and customize it to your domain that takes months, only a very small number of topics, this is where we need to put the technology in, the self-learning. So all of the fine-tuning, which takes months for humans, is being done by reviews. We didn't invent text analytics. We didn't invent our own NLP. We've just put towers and towers of technology on top of that for the ability to take an off-the-shelf technology and instead of manually customizing it to a specific domain on 8 to 10 or to 12 different topics, it teaches itself how to understand that specific domain. And we do that. We are the only ones that are doing it with local models capability. Local models mean that on top of the generic engine that is off-the-shelf, we have a local meaning, a specific product domain, an engine for that product category alone. So we have a whole dictionary that the system creates only for smartphones and only for headphones and only for shampoos. And over there, it has the local sentiment capabilities, local sentiment understanding of sentences that doesn't have any meaning in a generic world. For example, uh, the toast is a, a brown from both sides. That's a very positive comment about the toaster, right? That it, it toasted the, the bread from both sides evenly. In a generic world, it doesn't have any meaning, this sentence. There's no good, bad, I like, I hate, or disappointed. But still, our local models understand that this sentence is very positive. That talks about, again, a, a, the performance of the toaster or whatever it is. So our local model technology is what makes us unique. And that's what this technology takes the human out of the equation of taking a generic platform off the shelf, just like you said, and customizing it manually to a specific domain. This is the part that we've automated. And that's the heaviest part, if I may say. That's the super complex part, right? If you're going from a generic off the shelf, 60% accuracy, and you're moving that up to a 90% accuracy, that's a 50% improvement in accuracy exactly. just by layering on your algorithms on top. Exactly. And since we've automated it and we do not need to customize it to a specific client or a specific brand or a specific domain, that's the key to be able to pre-analyze 1 billion opinions on 400 different product lines. And we are adding more and being the first one to be able to pre-analyze anything. And now coming back to brands and saying, hey, you have two choices. Either you can take any AI solution that is out there, many vendors of there, uh, take them, uh, book a demo with them, do an integration, do a customization, define the topics, define which brands you want to monitor and so on and so on. It takes months. You need to hire teams that knows how to deal with this technology or you need to outsource it, which is basically the same. Or you can connect to our cloud, a freemium app uh, that you've seen. Uh, you can actually get access to all of them from your laptop with just basic skills of running a computer. It's, a, it's the big revolution that many other industries did. You have for a... For a data visualization, you have 
previously the big tableau and those kind of solutions and then came up the sciences for product management you had the big uh, uh, technologies to do project management and then you get the mondays of the world and and, and the trello and other uh, apps that everyone can use out of their laptop in a freemium model and that's what we are bringing to market research we're taking this whole world that is dominated by heavy technology and, and heavy methodology with humans and bringing it down to the freemium level that everyone can use out of the desktop. Wow, love it. Democratizing access exactly. to this type of market research is massive, and that's clearly a goal of yours. Now, what is your primary, if we were to talk about your ICP, your ideal customer profile, what is at the moment, and obviously this may change in the future, but as of today, is it those large FMCG brands? Is it the large manufacturing brands? Is it the global multinational players that you're really focusing on? And is it primarily their product development teams? Is it their marketing teams, their research teams? Where is your product focused in terms of target market today? And how might you look to evolve that in the future? So today uh, we are aiming towards product and service brands together with OEMs. Okay, that's our go-to-market, the first step. And the reason is that beside SAP being one of our investors, as, as you said, we've also been backed up for many years now with Nielsen, which is the number one market research uh, company in the world, mm -hmm. uh, and NPD, which is number seven or eight uh, also. So we are also uh, uh, very well connected to the market research com companies, the biggest one backing us up. And that led us to... Uh, very fast to the market with brands, especially the biggest ones, because only the biggest brand can work with the uh, uh, such. So it seems that we are geared toward them, but we use them because they were the low hanging fruits for us. Funny as may sound, Procter & Gamble is a long hanging fruit for us, or was many years back, and they still work with us. So we are starting with the brands. But what we did in the first few years since 2018, that we sold our technology, uh, to the consumer insights and research teams inside those huge brands that they are responsible for taking the data, analyzing it, and then spreading it in the organization to management and to the operational roles that wants to understand what are people saying about the product and how to build better campaigns. But what we found is that there's still a bottleneck in the process of distributing this data to every operational role, although every operational role must have this data daily today with the with the d2c and that every day someone new is starting to sell uh, online so then we decided to take it one step lower and target all of the operational roles in the bigger brands that doesn't have a daily solution a freemium solution for them but and then we understood that the smbs and lower smaller businesses they do not have the a consumer insights team they do not have research teams uh, as well they don't have the budgets for that they do not have any solution at all. So why not sell to them directly as well? So we target any size brands. In the biggest brands, we're going to do uh, the operational roles together with the research teams. With the, We have two types of solutions, one for research experts and one for the non-expert, which is the sentiment. And we're going to target the brands and, and the SMBs, sorry, and the individuals and, the, and so on. But that's the first step, because in our vision, we're going to expand much beyond market research. We're getting into e-commerce, into marketing agencies, uh, universities. We are getting gaining a very big momentum in universities around the U.S. that needs this as a research tool for their students uh, and for end consumers, how to shop better, how to, you know, because if we have all the data already analyzed, so why go to 
I don't know, Amazon Best Buy or Target and read online reviews if you have everything summarized in a way that is relevant for end consumers. Currently, our data is more geared for market research, but as an end consumer, uh, uh, this data is even more valuable and we are getting more and more uh, requests to open it for end consumers as well, just to help them shop better online instead of reading reviews. It's just, uh, let's go and see something that already did that for us, but not on 10 reviews that I can read it as a person, did it on 500,000. And, and wow. So and you're almost like uh, consumer reports on steroids. Actually, yes. That's a funny thing that you mentioned them because they used to be our client at, at a certain point because they have all of the testing they do with experts. And what they used us for is to understand that the experts' decisions is not far from the crowd decision. They don't want the expert to say that this product's battery is great, but then the reviews say that it doesn't. And then it means that their experts are not very good. So Consumer Report used to be one of our clients. Uh, and what you're absolutely right. It's going to be the consumer report, the only one and the first one that is not based on experts doing tests, but on what everyone is says, saying online. And again, we are talking about online reviews, but just one type of data source. You have YouTube clips, all the unboxing clips, and you have articles and everything that is textual or audio can jump in. And then you get a whole vision of what the product is. And we are going to take it everywhere, not only brands and, and the service providers. Amazing. And you do have that freemium model. So how do you guys make your money? You have, it's a SaaS platform. There's a, explain to us what you can get for free, what you pay for as like that basic user that is not a data scientist, and maybe they just use your UI. And then obviously you've got that premium model whereby I'm guessing you have access to your APIs, you can plumb your data into other systems, plumb their data into yours, et cetera. I'm guessing that's the tiering that we're looking at, but help me understand how you guys make money and how you manage your tier. Okay, first of all, I'm going to put aside the product that is geared toward research expert. That's not a freemium product. It's a SaaS business. It's a SaaS model that you pay a yearly license for that. Uh, in order to get uh, uh, access to a dashboard about a specific product category in a specific domain, that's a yearly uh, a yearly uh, subscription, and that's how uh, research experts work. The freemium product, which has just been recently launched, first of all, I'll be honest, we're still experimenting with the, how to monetize it. But the big way that in, in the big level, the way that we do that is that uh, we are aiming to have an SKU level analysis free. That means you can go in, in a Google experience, search for the product and get all of the analysis, boom, ready for you right there on the spot. SWOT analysis, a, a gap analysis, a product 360 view, all of the topics, star rating analysis, why this product gets a five stars rating, what does it get for, and so on. So the SKU level analysis is what we define as free level analysis. Okay, you can search for any product type, any product, and get all of the data. Now, we're going to have two uh, stipulations to that and two packages. The first package will allow you to take the data and create a, and to download it into a PowerPoint. So in order to download the data and to make it into a ready presentation in a PowerPoint, this is something that you would buy a package that costs money. So this is one a, a, a feature that is locked behind payment. The other one is to how to uh, monitor specific products and to bookmark them. So let's say you have a specific product you want to monitor. It can be your own. It can be your uh, competitor to get alerts. What happened? There are new reviews being written. 
or there's new data that coming in, the sentiments have changed around the size and people starting to talk negatively about, uh, about the battery and so on. So getting alerts on specific products, that's also locked around, uh, 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 around payment. And again, it's all about monthly payment. We're talking about $10. Uh, that's the current pricing, but as I said, we're still experimenting for that. So that's $10 a month in order to be able to download and monitor and get alerts for a product. And we have another layer that says, okay, all of the analysis above SKU level, which is the category level, for example, over the ear headphones, which products have just been released, all of the rankings of all the products, all the rank, all the trends in the ranking, which one is trending up or down, uh, how to build the best, uh, the, what is the winner's genome around uh, over the headphones. So all of the product level, uh, sorry, the category level analysis, it's also locked under a monthly subscription, okay? And would um, that include brand level analysis as well under that yes. category level analysis? Yes, we, yes. A brand is currently not available. We are going to add it in a few weeks. It's not only brand level, it's also group level and family level. What is the family level? Family level will be all iPhones ah, regardless okay. of color and uh, capacity, but the brand is Apple or the brand is iPhone. So if you want to do an analysis on the entire iPhone uh, 13, you need to buy the package that allows you to do the category and, and, uh, and uh, group and family level analysis, because otherwise you can only do it on a specific SKU, only on the iPhone 13 rose gold, mm -hmm and only on the iPhone 13 blue, I'm just making that up the colors, of course, and only on the iPhone 13 red, independently each one. If you want to see them as one family of all iPhone 13 sold across sources, that will be part of the package of the category, what we call the category view, but it will include this as well. So SKU level is for free. If you want to download and share it and make a PowerPoint out of it, instead of doing screenshot and then putting it in a different PowerPoint, and the PowerPoint will have additional data, of course, that the SKU level doesn't show. Uh, that's the first level, the first package. It costs $10, and the other one will cost $50 a month. And this is something that, again, makes it very easy and cheap. And this, we believe that the users for that will be all of the non-research experts uh, of the world because it's so easy, it's so fun, even if I may say. And it's so, again, you get everything that you need, saves you hours and hours of reading online reviews yourself. By the way, that's the best practice today, just to go online and read reviews if you're an operational role or SMB. Otherwise, that's a big issue to connect to an AI solution. And that's how we price it. So we have a lot of dynamics with that. Once again, we're still experimenting with it. But still, you get a free trial. Even if you buy, you get a free trial of seven days so you can experiment with everything. Wow. And that's what I loved when I was speaking to Levi the other day, he was saying that, look, at the moment, this may change in the future, but as of right now, we're visualizing that the top tier, this upper tier with the category and the brand, et cetera, might sit around that $50 a month mark. From my perspective, that feels ridiculously cheap considering what level of data a brand would have access to, considering how they could slice and dice that data. They could download it. They could present it. They could give it to boards. They could understand their total addressable market better. They could uh, do better new product development. They could do product improvements. They could change their release cycles. They could, there's a million things you could do with this data that just off the top of my head, I could think of. And so from a marketer all the way to somebody operational, this data is actually you've democratized it in such a way that it actually is accessible and usable across a broad range of operational and sales functions. Yes, definitely. And you need it to be in a price point that they do not need 
their boss to approve it. Okay. That's the point of pricing. You want someone to be able to take the decision for themselves from their laptop and not involve, uh, I don't know, uh, their uh, VP in the company to approve the budget. So you need to keep it in a way that everyone can buy for it, including for them. Wow. Absolutely love it. I've been totally blown away by what I've seen so far. I can see this becoming an incredibly useful tool, especially once you release. And I understand, obviously, if you go to your website today, you don't see those pricing tiers yet because you're still finalizing. And obviously, once you've got those nailed down with the inclusions, I'm guessing you'll put the pricing on your site so that it's really clear and people will easily be able to sign up as if it was a SaaS platform, put in their credit card subscription and off they're off to the races, which I'm sure that's coming, which I, I hope that by the time this episode goes out in a few weeks time, that you might be a little bit closer to having that ready to go. And I also want to clarify the spelling of the name if people are looking for you. It's reviews r-e-v-u-z-e-i-t and so they just they can google you or they can go directly to reviews.it and they can find your platform and access to you no, guys no, actually they, can... they better use the, the i think they should we have two uh, urls that's the url for the company uh, site but the one that we've talked about the freemium one that's the sentiment one sentiment ah, okay and, S- and, and is that just yeah. sentiment.it dot com uh, so it's s-e-n-t I M A T E dot com. Exactly. Yeah. This is is what the freemium uh, uh, product is there. Fantastic. It's connected connected to reviews IT, of course, but we've branded it separately. So it's sentiment.com. Wow. So almost like sentiment, but it's your mate that's tracking sentiment. It's for finally, sentiment is not something that you feel from, it's about your being your friend. Uh, and I see that you already do have the pricing tiers listed there. You've got the yeah. premium, the free price, you've got the basic, and then you got the premium price, and it includes a whole lot of information there. So that's ready to go. And it also has the monthly billing or the annual. So you can save 20% if you go with the annual billing. So that classic, that classic SaaS strategy of locking people in for a year, but you get this massive discount as a sweetener to do it. So that's great. So it's a little bit of predictable revenue for you, but a great deal for the customer. That is fantastic to see. Very well done. I've really enjoyed our, our, our chat, Ido. And look, it's been, I've learned so much. And I think that this is going to be a fantastic tool, particularly as you develop it for the smaller side of town, for the smaller end of town. I think there's, there's nearly 2 million. If I think about Shopify stores, for example, there's nearly 2 million Shopify stores out there. And, and of course, all the, across all the other e-commerce platforms of the world, there are tens and hundreds of thousands of businesses that I think will benefit. Now, you said that you have a range of countries that you cover. Do you cover the ANZ region? Do you cover the APAC region? You obviously cover North America and parts of Europe or perhaps all of Europe. I think you must cover Israel because that's your home country. What, what are the major countries that you cover today and what is on your country radar to bring into the platform in the near future? First of all, the sentiment is currently from U.S. sources only, but we will expand it in the near future to other geographies as well. Our uh, market, uh, you know, our product for experts is today holding uh, 10 different geographies, which is China, Korea, Japan. I'm going from right to left in the uh, on the globe. <laughs> Korea, Japan, uh, we have uh, many countries in Europe. We have India, we have, uh, we have uh, U.S., of course. We have South countries in South America, like Brazil. We have Canada, uh, again, uh, maybe I've missed uh, Russia, of course, uh, mm-hmm. maybe I've missed one or two. So the product for market research expert, what we call the Explorer, it can work in those languages as well. And we have already uh, global brands that are monitoring their brand and their whole market uh, in those 10 geographies. Uh, and 
we will probably not do Israel <laughs> because the problem is that you need to turn your user experience to right to left as opposed to left. Hebrew has been written differently, so it's not big that big of a market. Uh, but although we have Israeli clients that are selling overseas in the U.S., so they use us a lot to understand the U.S. market. So the local brands in Israel are less likely to be on, a, on our radar in the near future. But uh, Australia is already there. We have investors from Australia as well, so we know the landscape very, very very exciting. Look, I'm I'm super stoked for you. I've introduced a new segment at the end of my podcast just a couple of podcasts ago where I turned the tables on myself <laughs> and I turned it over to you and I let you ask me one question, any question you like, and I'm going to do my very best to answer it. And uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you. You can grill me for a moment because I've spent nearly That's an it. hour grilling you. And I've That's really it. appreciated the learnings that you've shared and the wisdom you've shared. And I'm super stoked about the Sentimate platform and what it can do for retailers, particularly around broad-based market research that they couldn't do any of. First of all, thanks for this uh, unique opportunity. How do you shop online for your personal, personal use? How, so online? How do you do your own market research? How do you select which headphones to buy? Yeah, that's that's, a, that's actually a really good question. And I've never been asked that before. I shop online probably more than the average bear, not only because I'm in the industry, but because I hate shopping. I, I literally hate going to malls. I cannot stand physical shopping, which is pretty odd because a lot of people will go to the mall just to shop. But I, I do probably in the neighborhood of 90% or more of my shopping online. And when it comes to market research, I do look at product reviews, particularly on a given website. I do like reviews a lot and I'll do, if I'm looking up something, then sometimes I'll pop it into Google followed by quality or issues, or if it's electronic product recalls, I'll sometimes look that as well. So that way I know if something's been recalled, I definitely do market research, mainly using Google and using positive and negative words associated with those brands or those products. And it's hard. And that's why I do buying off of a, you know, if it is a fashion website, for example, and I'm, I don't buy a lot of fashion clothes, but on the odd occasion, I do buy clothes online. I, I do love it when they've got reviews on the website because a particular product might run a little large or might run a little bit small. And you would never know that unless the reviews tell you that. And so I, I do love product reviews and I always have. Yeah, there's just no great system out there to see those aggregated reviews in one place. And what I would love to see is a, a SaaS service like yours that allows those individual websites to pull down reviews pan site. So that effectively it becomes a network of reviews that instead of just being available to people that subscribe to you, that they could subscribe to you and pipe in instead of just having the, the Yachtpo reviews or the FIFO reviews, the different reviews platforms, reviews.io or whatever it is, that's all fine and good. But if you integrated with those platforms to where you could also pl plumb in your aggregated reviews because when a new site launches, for example, oftentimes, even if they're selling stuff that's a global product, oftentimes they don't start out with reviews because there's no, no purchases through the site yet. So I yeah. think being able to syndicate your data across the web as a subscription product would be bloody. So that's why I asked because I'm trying to, we're trying to tease ourselves to not, to decide when are we going to take yeah. it to the end consumers. So <laughs> I wanted to understand this again, someone you that has a lot of experience, like I've anticipated with online shopping, of course, if you believe that if someone can just summarize everything for you, uh, instead of you spending all the time on, you know, on Google, on a, on a other website. So it seems that it is a good fit and this is something we should maybe strive for maybe even 
uh, nearer than what we've uh, planned. I, I can imagine that brands w- would love it. It would make life a hell of a lot easier for them if they could easily syndicate. And there are, if you look at Bizarre Voice and a couple of the other platforms out there, they allow you to opt in or opt out of syndication of your reviews and then pulling reviews from some other select sites. But it is not as universal as what you guys do. It is more manual in nature around the matching. The the brand itself has to do the matching. And there's a lot of manual human involvement in that scenario to make sure that you're actually showing the right reviews for the right products as they get syndicated. And and what I like about yours is you've taken away the guesswork. You've taken away largely the human intervention requirement. And you guys have done the heavy lifting of categorizing that data, organizing that data, cleansing that data. And if you could consume that as a simple API endpoint, or if you were pre-integrated into the major reviews platforms anyway and so you could let's i don't know let's say you did a deal with yachtpo right and you had the option to syndicate your reviews in through yachtpo and then if it was a syndicated review not on the site maybe you show a a certain icon to say that this was to to denote that this is a syndicated review from somewhere else versus the reviews that came through the website directly so there's a way to do this from a ux perspective i haven't put a lot of thought into it but i'm sure there's a way to do this that where it's clear where it's an aggregated review from somewhere else on the internet or or it's an aggregation of ratings or something like that versus reviews from that website so i'm sure it can be done but i think already doing that we know how to uh, flag out syndicated reviews. And not only that, we know how to uh, flag out uh, promoted reviews that people have received some sort of a promotion, uh, some sort of a gift or a coupon in exchange for writing a review. We feel that they are less objective and we know how to flag them out as well, just by understanding the way that they write their review. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Love it. Love where you guys are going with this. Had never heard of your product until Levi jumped into my DMs on LinkedIn. So I'm very glad that he did. I'm really excited to watch where you guys go next. Congratulations on building an incredible product. Congratulations on getting SAP involved because obviously they're a serious heavy hitter at the enterprise level of ERP and operational systems. So good on you there. And I can't wait to see where you guys go next. I think that this will do very well in the market. And I hope that my audience, particularly as you start to branch out geographically into the A and Z region and, and start to grow your regional reach and your regional understanding of that that sentiment, uh, I think you're going to be super valuable to, to even small brands down here in this part of the world. So congratulations. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do next. And I'd love to have you on another six to 12 months. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, giving me the opportunity to speak. Uh, And don't forget to drop an email when you come to Israel to visit us. We'd be happy to have you here as well. Oh, thank you so much. I definitely will. And just uh, one final thing. If someone wants to get a hold of you, should they go to LinkedIn and look for you? Or are they best to simply go to sentimate.com and go through there? Is that the best way? If they want to try this out, if they want to start getting some experience with that and they want to see what kind of data you have available, for them, are they best to just maybe go on the freemium plan, try the free plan, get up and running, do some tests, play around with it. And if they've got questions, then they can contact you through that. Yeah, first of all, we have a support team that can help with all the logistics and how to do what. And you can find it on Sentiment as well. My LinkedIn is always open for new opportunities. I'd love, so both ways can work. Fantastic, thank you so much. It was really a, a joy to have you and we'll speak again soon, mate. Thanks for listening to the At The Coalface podcast. If you want more At The Coalface, you can subscribe to our premium e-commerce and digital newsletter, At The Coalface Digest.